So we are in week three of this series, which is called Love Works, because we are talking about different relationships and how you can make them work and how important love is, how vital love is to every single relationship, how hard you still have to work with communication, with all kinds of different things. Uh, we've talked about friendships and how it's important to choose your best friends uh, that, that share your faith, that share your values, that share kind of what you want out of life, because the people giving you advice, the people that you confide in should be people who understand where you're coming from. And they should also be people that are willing to tell you no, willing to say that you're stupid, willing to draw funny pictures of your face on t-shirts, things like that. Um, and we talked about relationships last week and how uh, important it is to have a list, how important it is to have all of the qualities you want in a spouse and only date those people, but also how it is not important to date yet. Like, it's okay to be single. It's wonderful to be single. Uh, one of the, the themes that has gone through each of them and somewhat does... Uh, this week is that you can't change anyone. Now, I want to be careful with how I say this because the key word there is you. It is impossible for any one of us to change anyone else. Only Jesus can change people. It's a choice that each person has to make, a choice that everyone here has to make. One of the great things and the hard things about Christianity, about our faith, is you can't force it on anybody. You see, everybody gets this choice. And so a lot of parents will be like, man, I really want my kids to go to church and be a Christian. And you can do everything to kind of lead to that, but there's no way to force it. So uh, with, with friendship and, and with relationships, one of the reasons that it's so important to understand that you can't change them, to understand that you should have a list, to understand that your best friend should ha have your faith is because when you have two different goals. So like in a friendship, but especially in a relationship, one of your goals is you want it to work. And so you want things to work, even uh, no matter what, like uh, how, no matter how long you've been dating, no matter how long you've been married, like you want it to work. You want to work it out with people. Now, if you want something to work with someone who believes differently than you, but you also want them to see that they need to change and become a Christian, those two things can conflict. And so if you're going for both things, then one or both will have to be compromised at some point. And so that's why I keep saying that. Uh, it's not that people can't change. People absolutely can change. But it's not something that we can do. It's something that they can only do through seeing how we live, seeing how we treat others, seeing the light of Jesus in our lives, seeing the way that we live our lives, the way that we talk, seeing the choices that we make when it comes to friendships and relationships. Uh, it, it can get tricky because you can have feelings for people who believe way differently than you. And it's like, well, it could be different for me. Uh, it, it's, it's not. And it's not anything to do with, with Jesus in you. It's to do with the fact that one of the things I said last week was, if anybody says to you, if you love me, you will do blank. That's not real love. And so that works with, even though Christianity and following Jesus is the goal for everyone, and it's an amazing thing, that also works with that. If you say to someone, if you love me, you will choose Jesus, that doesn't work because it has to be a free will choice. And so anybody who chooses it by fear, anyone who chooses it by by uh, fear, by, by being forced, by whatever else like that, that, that doesn't work. It doesn't last. You have to make the decision yourself. Uh, those of you who have made this decision, who, who come, you know that, that there's a lot of temptations. There's a lot of reasons that people will give you not to do it. And so you have to understand what you believe and why you believe it and follow it. And so when you add other things on top of that, trying to change people, it makes it so much harder and it makes it uh, impossible in some ways to do both things right. And so that's something important that we're going into because this week we're talking about relationships with families. Now, if there's any group of people that you absolutely cannot change, it's families. Now, it's said that you can't 
pick your family, but you can pick your friends, you can pick your nose, you can pick Rob, whatever, like all of these different things that you can pick. That's a saying from way back in the day. But it, it's all these different things. Um, families, in some ways, are the best and the toughest relationships because, and if you are, uh, the parents can speak to this just as the kids can, uh, when you are in close proximity to someone, when you live with them, when you're around them basically 24-7, you see them at their best, absolutely. You have wonderful days where the kids make breakfast in bed or where the parents do something amazing for you. They bring you a wonderful allowance or they give you a cake, like whatever. They do something, I don't know what parents do, but it's like they give you something good. They help your life in some way. Uh, you have that, and you're like, oh man, this is so awesome, I'm so glad. But you also have the days where both of you are having bad days. You all have trouble, and you all have a bad day at work, a bad day at school. And so you kind of pick at each other because you understand that families love each other, and that love I is unconditional. And so sometimes when you love someone unconditionally, you can kind of push it more, and you push it more because it's like, well, they're always going to be here, and you get angry. One of the things, too, is, and from the parents' perspective, and one of the keys that we're going to talk about is each group group, parents and kids, seeing things from the other perspective, is parents will always say at some point as they're growing up, I'm going to do things differently than my parents. And then when they grow up and they get this little baby in their hands, and, and it's like, oh, I want this baby to be perfect. I want this baby to grow up and be just like Riley, because it is Riley, and like all of these different things. And, and it's like they have this little baby. They start to make different decisions, and they start to think because uh, parents see basically little versions of themselves in you because you have different qualities that your parents have and you see sometimes old versions boomer versions of yourself and your parents and so it's all these different things that can kind of attack each other and make it really difficult and so there's a couple scriptures i want to take as we go through this um one is ephesians 6 1 through 4 Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on earth. Now, absolutely, this is where parents want me to stop the message, and this is where adults want us to stop the message, because like this is what it is. You honor your parents. You obey them. You do everything they say. Now, honoring does not necessarily mean you do everything they say in your whole life. It means that you respect them, and that if they tell you, hey, I don't want you to do this. This is the wrong thing to do. And you're under 18 and you live in the house. Do it. Now, there's a, <laughs> there's a difference. There's a difference between doing something like, Ugh, I can't believe I have to mow the yard. This is so stupid. I'm going to mow this one little part and then I'm going to break the lawnmower and then I'm going to jump up and I'm going to kick it and I'm going to say I'm Ben. And then it's all these different things that you do because you're so upset. You're so angry. And, and you're, you're like, I don't want to do this. And the other way is... If you're asked to do something, even if you don't want to do it, even if you have other plans, you do it and you're like, okay, I don't like this. But the, the thing that most parents look for, and again, I'm not a parent, but I understand adults a little bit. The thing that adults want is the same thing that you want. They want to feel heard. They want to feel respected. If you calmly, part of honoring your parents is calmly talking to them and say, hey, this is why I don't agree with this. This is what I think. And if you do it in a calm way and you do it in a respectful way and you talk to them and like, I love you and I know that we disagree on this, but this is why. And you have a conversation. You communicate. Even if they don't say, okay, I changed my mind, they'll, they'll respect you and they'll be like, wow, okay, I, let's talk about this. And you have that kind of relationship. That is not something that if you go home and you've never done that before and you do it once tonight, then it's going to be like that forever. This is, again, something you have to communicate and work at. But there's another part to this scripture and it is, Fathers do not, and this includes mothers, fathers and mothers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather than, 
uh, bring them up with the discipline instruction that comes from the Lord. So basically what this is saying is for parents. It's absolutely a commandment for kids to obey their parents, but it is also a command for parents to do their best not to provoke their kids. Now, here is the thing that is sometimes hard to learn, but you'll laugh and say, I already know this definitely. Your parents are not perfect. Your parents are people. And so they have good days. They have bad days. They have hard days. They have difficulties. They have struggles. They have all kinds of things. Uh, and so it can be a very tough thing to be responsible for someone else. And so I'm not going to say that every single problem you've ever had at home, every single problem you've ever had with a parent, with a grandparent, with a sibling is your fault because it's probably not. Because honestly, there are times in my life that, that my great-grandma messed up, but she was my great-grandma and she was in charge of me. There are times that your parents have probably messed up or had the wrong information. It happens. But the way that you handle that is the same way you would want them to handle it when you mess up. It's to talk, to communicate. And again, this is important, is you have to work at this. It's not just something that's going to happen. You have to begin communicating, begin talking, begin trusting. And I know that some of you are like, well, I don't have a very good relationship with my parents. I don't know, uh, like we don't talk, we don't have anything in common. That's true. Like, to, to be honest, I, I don't know who my biological father is, but the dad uh, who's married to my mom... Uh, he and I love each other, and he has said, you know, no matter what, I'm your dad, and that's good, but we basically just talk about IU and sports. Like, we don't have this deep relationship. Now, it's just, it's like the standard sitcom, like Ray and his dad on Everybody Loves Raymond, like parent thing. Like, it's just, it's one of those things. Uh, with my mom, I talk to her a little more. Uh, with my great-grandma, I talk to her a lot. And so it's something where you may have kind of an awkwardness sometimes, but it's about trying, it's about talking, it's about just trusting them. Because I can promise you, no matter the relationship with you have with your parents right now, with your guardian, with your grandparents, whoever you live with, no matter that relationship, they love you. They absolutely love you, and more than that, they love you more than anything else in their entire life. And so, again, this does not make them perfect. It doesn't make everything they say right. It doesn't make everything that happens your fault. What it means is they are coming completely from a place of love. And so if you remember that and you think, okay, why on earth would they possibly not want me to jump off of the roof with a candle in my hand? Like, what could possibly be wrong about that? And it's like you look at things... Again, it doesn't mean that you always have to agree with them, but it means you talk to them. And you say, why? Honest, like in a respectful way, not in a why. Like in a respectful way, talk to them. And if your parents come back at you, and you're doing everything right, and they scream at you, and they throw chairs at you, and, and they do awful things, that does not make that okay. And it does not make it your fault. So there are going to be times that one side or the other just is not doing the right thing. And at that point, all you can say to yourself is, I am doing my best. And as long as you're doing your best, you're doing the right thing, you're on the right side. Now, I want to touch this too. Um, there are occasionally people that, that have abusive relationships. I have in my life uh, been abused by various people in my family. And it's something that is hard to talk about. It's something that is hard to deal with. Maybe some of you have known people or even yourself experienced that. That is never okay. That is never okay. And so if that is a problem ever in your life, the adults are here for that reason. And I can promise you that we will absolutely listen. We will absolutely talk to you. It's something that we will take seriously and, and work with, but it's something that requires you to actually talk and to trust. It does not mean there's anything wrong with you. Sometimes it happens and it's never right. It's also never right for you to abuse your parents. And you're like, I never do that. But sometimes you do. It's such a tough thing because I think that everybody here truly loves your parents. Like, you know, if it's down and you're like, they're my, you know, I love my parents they're my mom, they're my dad, and that's good. 
And as you get older, you start to have differences. You start to have problems, and it happens because you're trying to gain independence. You're trying to push off. Your parents, even though they may not like it, they will understand that because they went through it too. And none of them are old enough that they don't even remember it, maybe Tim, but none of them are like super old where they don't remember it. And so it's something that you talk to them. I know that it's hard because in the heat of the moment, in the heat of the moment, when you get home and you had a bad day and kids are picking on you and maybe you got a bad grade and you got dumped and you just know they're going to be on you about something and they say, hey, how was your day? And you're like, I can't believe you talked to me like that. Or you say, they say like, hey, you know how you doing? And you're like, I'm okay. And then they're like, I can't believe you answered me like that. Like, it can be tough to then calmly talk to them. But that is so important. Communication in all three realms is so important. Uh, sometimes you deal with the fact that your parents are not Christian. Because I would love to say that every parent in the entire world is Christian, but obviously they're not. And so sometimes you are the witness to their life. You are the witness. I have had in my life many times where kids have come to the youth group first. And uh, Misty can talk about this in the children's department too, where kids have come to the children's department or the youth group first, maybe for VBS, maybe for fall retreat, maybe for just a lock-in. And then little by little, the parents are like, well, I'm going to go check this out. And they come from that because the way you live matters. The way you treat them matters. Honoring and respecting, again, does not mean always agreeing because maybe they're like, you know what? Nate, you're going to be a doctor, and I don't care what happens. And you're like, I'm not going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a professional basketball player and then play lacrosse on the side. And you're like, lacrosse isn't even a professional sport. What are you talking about? And you can't hit a three to save your life. Like, they're saying things like this, and it can be tough, but you have to understand that from their perspective, you're still that little baby. Uh, I have occasionally, once or twice, talked about Beatrice, who is not my child, but is my niece. She is 10 months old. And when I see her, I still see this little tiny baby that basically fit in my hand. I guarantee your parents still see that with you. And again, that doesn't mean everything they do is right. It doesn't mean everything they say is perfect. But it means that they see you like that, and so they want to protect you. And so in order for them to see you as an adult, see you as a, a, a respectable individual, you have to live like that. Like, you have to show them that. And if they won't listen, you know, again, you're doing your best. If they do listen, you'll be amazed how quickly that relationship changes and how wonderful it gets when you can go home and you can just talk. You can just trust them. You can just share with them. And that all comes from them honoring you and you honoring them. Uh, another scripture is Colossians 3.12, uh, 3, 12 through 17. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's fault and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. We are called to live in peace. Now, you can say, well, they don't live in peace. My brother doesn't live in peace. My sister doesn't live in peace. That's fine. Like, it's, it's not fine, but it's them. That's their choice. This goes back to the whole people changing thing. Like, you make the choice yourself, how you live, and then everything else springs from that. If you are living right, and you are doing everything you can, and other people aren't treating you how they should, that becomes something that's their problem, but you're doing your best. And so the hope is that that light shines, and it, it, it helps. And honestly, the more you live like that, the more you live at peace, the more you'll find peace. Not everywhere, but at home, like, you'll see a difference in how you treat people versus how they treat you and all of these things. Uh, and sometimes, like I said, there are going to be times that you disagree and it's something that you're never going to agree on or it's something that your parents do something that just it makes no sense to you or you do something that makes no sense to them. When I was a really little kid, uh, like 
1923, uh, I was in like first or second grade and we had show and tell and I had all of these amazing baseball cards from when my great grandpa was a kid. So I'm talking like Honus Wagner and like old people that I can't think of beyond that and Willie Mays, like amazing baseball players who most of you don't care about except for the guys back there. But it's like old baseball players, like back when the Reds were actually a real baseball team, like that old. And so I had all of these baseball cards and my grandma was like, you can't take them to school because kids are going to take them. And I was like, no, I, I want to. And so what she did was she glued all of them into the book, which ruined all of them and made them worthless. And I was upset. And so it is a hard thing to deal with. I was little, so I didn't have all the comprehension of respect and everything. And so I was just upset. And I thought, this is stupid. Uh, she would probably now, if she weren't passed, say, you know what, it was a mistake. Parents are going to make mistakes, and there are going to be things maybe more serious than that. Um, when my sister uh, first was first had a kid, like she was a Wiccan, and she was against uh, everything God, and I've talked about this before, and how amazing it is to see her journey and see Beatrice raised in church. Well, I remember when Colette, the older girl, was uh, a baby, uh, really young, like before my sister started going to church, my mom was like, hey, uh, you're a pastor. Will you secretly baptize Colette so that she'll go to heaven? I'm like, first, that's not how this works. And second, no, I, like Amber has to have the call on this. And so again, it's something where it was coming from a good place, but it was kind of a crazy ask and it would have really hurt Amber and all of these things. Now it all worked out because we prayed for Amber. Uh, it, it all worked out because of how Amber lived her life. But there are going to be differences like this. Now there are always also going to be times where shocking, you do something that defies logic and is really kind of stupid and your parents are like, what, what are you doing? Like, you cannot eat a lamp. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, it's, I've seen all of these videos of, like, little boys and Jacob, like, hitting each other with trash cans. And, like, it's like, this makes no sense. And, and it's like, Jacob, stay away from little boys. No, all these things where it's like all these awful things that happen where kids are just hurting each other. Uh, Riley and Ben could stand up and tell all these things where as siblings, they've kind of been annoying to each other and, and picked on each other. They could then talk, turn and talk about hope and all of these different things that happen. And meanwhile, Tim and Misty are like, well, you know what? I remember when you were this age, you kind of did this. And it's like, we don't look at things like that. We look at things like everybody else kind of serves our needs. Everybody else should kind of be there for us. And then whatever happens, happens. But we are called to live in a peaceful way. We are called to treat others as we want to be treated. Uh, we are called to forgive. I had to forgive my grandma. When I got older and was able to understand that concept, I had to forgive her for that. Uh, I'm sure Amber and my mom have talked about forgiveness. It's something that can be hard, but there is absolutely in your life going to be a point where you need forgiveness too because all of us screw up and all of us mess up. That includes parents and it includes kids. It includes everybody. We all screw up at some point. And so with communication, with living at peace, with doing your best to have have this open relationship, this honest relationship, where even when you disagree, you're like, okay, well, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, and understanding what honor means, understanding what respect means, and you're doing your best, and you're forgiving, and all of these things. One more part. Uh, let the message be about Christ and all its richness. Fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him through the Father. Uh, the toughest thing, I think, about being a kid is you're living in this world where everybody expects different things from you. I've talked about as teenagers, you have people who expect you to just sit there and shut up and be kids. And if you have an opinion on something, you're like, you don't know anything, you're just a kid. But you also have people in your life who are like, you need to be more mature and you need to really stand up and be like an adult. And it's like, sometimes you hear that from two different people in the same day. Sometimes you hear it from the same person in the same day. And it can be difficult because it's such a hard time. And, and 
as adults, like we've kind of gotten past that, but if we're reminded, we still remember what it's like. And so it's a tough thing to deal with. It's a tough time of your life. But the key, and this is something where both you and your parents, your siblings, should all try to have a conversation about, is looking at things from their perspective, just as they look at things from your perspective. So if it's something that you want more than anything in the world, and it's like, man, I need to eat ice cream for every meal. I just have to because it's Lent and I'm supposed to give up everything and I'm giving up everything but ice cream and I have to do it. And your parents are like, that is insane. It's not going to work. You have to look at, now what on earth could possibly be my parents' reason for not wanting me to do this? And then they should look at like, what on earth is in their heads that makes them want to do this? And you both talk about that and you explain that. And so by seeing things from their perspective, you're going to develop this amazing new understanding of what your parents are going through because as hard as it is to be a teenager it is also hard to be responsible for a teenager because what people say about you what happens in your life that comes back to them you're like I don't know what to do and it's hard I've had parents not in this room I've had parents talk to me about their kids and they're really concerned they're not kids that come to church they're not kids that come to the youth group they're kids that have gotten in trouble and they talk to me and they're like can you fix them and it's just like I said with changing people there's no way for anyone to quote-unquote fix someone but you show them through your example, through your life, how to, to do better. And you talk, you communicate. The key to all of the relationships, and this will be included next week, is communication, openly communicating, being honest about your feelings, respectful, peaceful, all of these things, and understanding that everybody has a perspective. When your parents tell you no, they're probably not just saying it to tick you off. When you want something, you're probably not just saying it to annoy your parents. Now, sometimes both of those are true. It depends. But... But it's important to stop and think, okay, what is the point here? Like, what, what is, is there middle ground? Like, why would this be a discussion we should have? And some of you probably have this relationship with your parents, and it's awesome. Uh, I didn't growing up. Uh, I kind of do now, but I'm kind of responsible for myself, except my mom comes once a weekend and stays and messes with my thermostat, and it's annoying, but it happens. But it's something that you build this yourself, and it may be something where you have to do most of the work at times, and maybe it's something where your parents do most of the work at sometimes. But the important part is you're living in a way that you're showing them the peace. You're showing them how to live. Uh, a couple more scriptures real quick. Romans 12, 9 through 16. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly what it, to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help, him, help them. Uh, always be eager to practice hospitality. One of the keys to communications, one of the keys to family life, one of the keys to dating, one of the keys to friendship is patience. It's patience and calmness. Uh, I make a lot of jokes about being old, but it's not been that long ago that I was in your position where I had, and I was raised by old people. I was raised by old people who were living and married during the Great Depression. Like, I was raised by really old people. And so they had old school rules, and so I had to deal with a lot of that stuff. And it was difficult at times. Um, and so because of that, we butted heads a lot. Even though I was a good kid and I didn't really get in trouble, like we butted heads a lot just in disagreeing. And it's something uh, that requires patience to understand. Later on in my life, my great-grandma had Alzheimer's and I was taking care of her, and so we kind of flipped roles. And so I had to have even more patience in that, and I started to develop an appreciation for what it means to be responsible for somebody else, to worry about what someone else is doing, to, to worry about what is happening in their life. And so it's important for all of us to remember that, to rejoice in rejoicing. But when I was a kid and I was asked to do something, 
I absolutely wanted to do everything else but it. Like, doing chores, uh, doing things around the house. It's like, this sucks. Like, I would rather be playing games. I would rather be outside. I would rather be riding my bike. I would rather be chasing dinosaurs. Like, I'd rather be doing all these different things. And it feels like they don't care about that. It feels like what I want is the most important thing and nobody else really cares and that nobody understands. And sometimes that's true, but most of the time it's we're also not being understanding. So again, this all comes back to communication. It all comes back to loving each other, to truly loving each other, not just saying love you mom, love you dad, but actually showing them love, showing them honor. And, and they should be doing that to you too. So if you feel, you honestly feel like you're being disrespected, you honestly feel like things are truly uh, not right. You should talk to them and be able to say calmly, hey, you know what? When you say this, when you do this, this feels wrong. I've had to have this talk with my mom about things before where, where it's like this is not something that actually happens. Uh, I deal with a lot of anxiety and there was this time that we were at Cheesecake Factory and it was like a lunch rush and so I was sitting with like one of those things where there's tables everywhere around me and I was very quiet and I'm just looking straight down. And this is me like last year, like this isn't a long time ago. And I feel so anxious. And she's just talking and talking and talking because she's the opposite for me. She will walk up to people she doesn't know and talk about the weather and talk about all these things and I'm like super embarrassed. And so I have to get in my head like this. She's not doing that to embarrass you. She's doing that because she's different. But she has to understand why that with me too. And so I was sitting there and she's like, why are you so quiet? And I'm like, I just, I feel so anxious. And she's like, well, try not doing that. And it's like, this isn't an understanding of it. And that hurt my feelings. And so when we left the restaurant, I had to stop and say, honestly, and truthfully and respectfully, hey, you know what? When you said that, I felt like this. Like, I felt like you didn't hear me, like you didn't understand. A and I tried to explain to her what anxiety felt like. Now, probably 10, 15 years ago, I would have said, shut up. You don't know me. Like, you don't understand how this works. And I would have been like, you know, we do sometimes when we're mad. But because I'm an adult, because I'm old, because I've dealt with a lot of things, I've had a lot of different friendships, relationships, family relationships, um, I, I was able to talk like from an understanding way. And so that's kind of the key. Now there are going to be times where you just don't feel like doing that and you're going to mess up. And so it's also important to then admit when you're wrong and admit when you need uh, forgiveness. Apologize. Now, it's one thing. I, I'm going to say that your parents should too. I'm not saying that you should go to your parents and demand an apology because that's not the right way to go here. But you have this relationship where you can say, like I said to my mom, this is how I feel. It's important when you're talking about how you feel to say, this is how I feel, not you do this, you do that, because that's accusatory. And when people say that to you, it sucks. And so if you say, this is how I feel, this is what I feel like when, and you talk to them like that, I promise you that they love you enough to be like, I don't really get this, but, but okay, you're talking to me respectfully. You're talking to me about this, so let's talk. And they'll talk to you. And so again, that's something that you can talk to us about too and kind of the other parents that are here, they can give you kind of tips on what it's like to be a parent and what it's like to be a kid and like it's something that's really difficult. Uh, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those that are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. That is the key for every person in your home. It is the key for the parents. It is the key for you. Again, your understanding your parents don't know it all does not mean that you go and say you don't know everything. That is not part of the honoring thing. But you understanding that while they're not always right, neither are you. 
Like sometimes you are just wrong and it happens. Like everybody here with the exception of Rob is wrong sometimes. And it's like sometimes you're going to mess up. Sometimes you're going to say the wrong thing. Sometimes you're going to do the wrong thing. And so you understand that you're coming into anything not as like the perfect party that's aggrieved, but the party that's like, okay, what could I possibly have done wrong? How can I fix this? How can we talk about this? And then where it says weep with those who weep, understand the mood of the room. Like if your siblings or your parents, like they're having a bad day and something bad happened, don't run in and expect all of these things. Like be like, man, you know what? I know that something awful just happened. Like the car blew up outside and it's just, it's going to cost a lot of money. And, and like all of our puppies were in Rob's car when he drove it off the cliff. Like it's all these awful things that happen. And then, and then you're like, you come in and you're like, oh man, I really need a new car, mom. Like I need this money. Like understand the mood of the room. And then when they're upset, talk about them. Like be willing to ask your parents, you know, hey, what's wrong? Now they may not tell you, but be willing to ask, you know, what's wrong? And talk to them too. Like ask them also. And that shows a sign of respect. It shows that you care. And those are all important. Last scripture and then we're done. Uh, Sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. The hardest thing in life is to control your temper. The hardest thing in relationships is to control your anger. The hardest thing with parents, with siblings, with kids is to control your anger because you absolutely think you're right. Everyone in your home thinks that you're right. I think I'm right all the time. The parents here think they're right all the time. The kids here think they're right all the time. Like we all think that or we wouldn't say things. And so controlling your anger is hard. I remember when I was a kid, and I'll probably share this story in a couple weeks in, on Sunday morning, so don't remember it. But I remember when I was a kid, uh, they used to put really cool toys in cereal boxes. Like, not junk little fake rings, but, like, legit things, like new cars and things. And so there's, like, this holographic baseball cards, and I remember King Griffey Jr. was in them. And I was so excited, and like, I was uh, going to the cereal box, Frosted Flakes, to get it. And I went in, and it was gone because my great-grandma had given it to my cousin. And I was so mad, and I was so upset. And I walked out to the garage where my grandpa was, and my and my cousin were and I like slammed open the door right through the glass and I still have a scar on my wrist where it cut me and I had to think whoa and I was like 14 13 and so it's like you know stupid and so it's like I had to think like wow you know this is actually a scar reminding you you got to get control of your anger so you've probably noticed that I don't get super angry at anybody uh even when you mock me about the Titans losing to the Chiefs like I don't get super upset about it uh inside I might be angry at myself but I don't get angry at you guys uh because I've learned patience I've learned this over the time but it took me messing up too so do not think that because you've not been perfect to this point because you've had anger problems to this point that you're screwed for life Understand that it takes time, it takes uh, communication, it takes seeking help, it takes prayer. So do that, not just in family relationships, in dating relationships, in friendships, in every corner of your life. Communicate first, explain first, and then listen also. Listen to what they actually are saying, not what you think they're saying. And then explain more and have that conversation openly, respectfully, and lovingly. That's all I got.